that countdown. Five, four, you better strap yourself in. Three, two, buckle up, motherfucker, fucker. Five, wait, why'd you go back to five? It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. <laughs> Maybe plug in and unplug the jack thingy. That's yeah, fine. Oh, you know, switch to those other headphones. I think I think there might be something wrong when the speakers on that one. Okay. The ones are on the table across from me. Wait. Oh, Jesus, it's crazy in here, Chad. I can see that. <laughs> it's insane. Okay, right. <laughs> can, can, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, that's a nice fit. That's like an aviator cap fit. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you, man. Yeah, You know, normally it's not as messy as it is in the booth right now, Dan. <laughs> that's the problem. I know. I get, I get pizza. <laughs> hey, what are, you, what are you doing? Are you recording? Well, you told me you always roll. Oh, good. Uh, it's the Fogler rule. Always roll. Yeah, so we can always tack this on to ours later. But it took Dan. How long did it take you to put on those headphones? Uh, were you timing it? Uh, you know, I could go back and just look at the running time of the show and see how long that was. <laughs> that was a while. <laughs> it, took, it took a bit. It took me a minute. <laughs> that was. The... Hey, I'm excited. Yeah, you, you should be. Are you excited? Fuck you. Are you excited? Uh, you know I'm. Yes. Hey, so we went to go see 4D. That was awesome. Thank you. You took me and my son. Thank yeah, you. Star Wars style. I was just curious, you know. Yeah. I'm curious because you never did the 4D experience. The, the first time. This the last Jedi was most likely my favorite 4D experience thus far, and I was just I wanted to share it. And uh, so, so tell me your experience. What was it like for your first? <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, you you know this, but um, even the previews. Just seeing that, there's like a, a not a preview as much as a welcome to 4D experience. Welcome to the 4D theater. So it's maybe a 90-second piece, promo piece for the whole experience, and that thing just blew my mind. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> just the uh, the preview for the, the for the experience for the mechanism. Well, you and I have both been to Disney. I did Disney World. You said Disneyland. The uh, Star Tours. Yeah, I remember it was like a C-3PO thing, and you were escaping in a, an escape pod with him, yep. and it, and the seats moved, and it was a primitive version of this, but it was really fun as a kid, and if you felt like you were in it. And um, so that's why I love this. Yeah, and this is so this is that for two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, and I think you and I had a, a the same favorite part. It's at the end where our uh, the Millennium Falcon was flying through the planet. There. Oh gosh, yeah, because that was the third time I was seeing it, <laughs> so I was actually I was able to like really appreciate that, mm -hmm. you know, because I, by the time you get to that in the movie and in the four D movie. You've been through a lot already. Yeah. So, so <laughs> a little fatigue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're not wrong. You've kind of warmed up to the whole experience, so it's not as shocking. But Chewie yes. flying the Falcon was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, What's going on with the doctor over there? Uh, still waiting to connect. Jesus. <sighs> so yeah, um, if people are hearing this, this probably hearing this after, or this is kind of preamble to your interview with him. 
this is my the, what is this? This is like a prologue to the preamble because we're first we're doing a, we're doing this to with Kevin I, on, you, we on his even, show. We haven't even mentioned his name yet. We haven't even <laughs> mentioned his name yet. You're doing that show, which is a show I listened to for years. Yeah, he's got eight shows. He's got a whole network of shows. It's very impressive. So he's having me on his show, which is lovely, and then he's going to, and then we're going to segue into my show, which he's going to be on with me at the same time again. Right. And it's all coming out <laughs> January 1st-ish, which it's is exciting. Fast. Very yeah, exciting. That is. That is. Blah, I'm a little, I'm getting butterflies, and I'm not going to blame it on that delicious Pegasus Sicilian that I just had. Yeah, that was great. That was a treat. It's like 15 degrees out, and to come into the office with some hot things <sighs> nice. Yeah, but for unfortunately, I think some of the ingredients, dude, some of the ingredients <laughs> were a little off. They forgot their shipment, so they used last week's sausage or some shit. Just if I just if I just if I if I'm just projectile vomiting <laughs> all over the microphone halfway through, you'll know why. I'll just you'll hear me kind of whisper sausages, blah, and then I'm just gonna cover this whole wall in front of me with. Snossage juice. Your vomiting is staying in. <laughs> I'm just leaving that in raw. No, you have to. That's the gold. What do you think Hearts of Darkness was about, man? No, I've never saw that. Yeah. No, I know, I know. There's a lot of classic films I've never seen. It's about the behind-the-scenes blood and guts and puking. Oh, Dennis Hopper in that movie is pr- pretty priceless. Yeah, I've never. He's on acid, and, and Coppola's trying to be talk to him, and he's just like. <laughs> and this is for uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse the making Now. Of Apocalypse Now, yeah. He's like, so, you know. He's like, Dennis, you got your lines? He's like, uh, yeah, lines, yikes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me go figure that out. He's in his own little world there. I think they all were. Um, try him again. What the fuck's going on? You know what? What? He's fucking with me. Nah, the only thing is. Look, they're on a different time zone, you know. It's all the world out in LA. <laughs> yes, it is. They're on a, they're on it's like Scooby Snacks all the time with them. <laughs> Riding around, grabbing snacks, robbing banks, choking chickens. What is that song? Yeah, it's Fun Loving Criminals. You know what? When I was out in the UK, they were playing this song from the Fun Loving Criminals all the time. Um, it was crazy on the radio. It was like they love that song. This is from my like childhood. You remember that song? Yeah. And they used to sample um, uh, Reservoir Dogs. It was fucking fun. He was just all like, uh, he's like, hey, yeah, man, are you fucking cool? You cool? Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking cool. This is the song. Yeah. Fuck it, we'll put a song in the middle. Who cares, right? Yeah, until they tell us not to. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you pull it the rubbery. Uh. You motherfucking move. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Mm. I used to, in my college days. Man, that is a trip down memory lane. Yeah. It's like G Love style. Everything's smooth. It's smooth. I walk into the I give her the letter. She gives me the loop. The fuck it up lips in the wing. Then I find cute. And I said, baby, baby, baby. Is that 
some karmic G love thing happening here, baby, or what? So, wait, they're playing this now when you were in London recently? Yeah. Still? Yeah, they had it on this uh, rock channel, and they, they would play it every morning. And I was like, man, they really love this song. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's kind of like a song you'd find in Snatch or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Taught you. That's a good idea. Like the Beastie Boys, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. How could you not? Brooklyn, good Brooklyn boys, I guess. Uh, Queens too, right? Were they from Queens? I think Brooklyn. I don't know. How sad is that? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was from Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, I like all the little samples they use from Tarantino. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, they put these songs in some movies back in the nineties. Blue Diamond Phillips was in one. <laughs> Are you cool? I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, when did this song even come out? Why don't you look it up, Dr. Riggs? Ouch! I think I'm going to have to. You have to. <laughs> Get in the middle of something. <laughs> oh, shit. 1996. So I played this back in a different career of mine on a radio station. You must have. You must have. Yep. And you would always go and grab a little Scooby Snack little Scooby, yourself, Scooby yourself snack. during the song, didn't you? Tucson, Arizona, of course. What else is there to do? That's Scooby funny. Snacks. Yeah. Maybe we should start incorporating songs into the show. I, I love that. I think you need to do more rapping on the show and some more singing. And then I can do like a, like a Beavis and Butthead kind of like commentary yes. over it. <laughs> Fire! Fire! Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I also love the theme song. I finally got I to like the hear part it. where they sampled... Um, <laughs> Tarantino. <laughs> what did you say, man? Well, I, I, now I'm thinking about Beavis and Butthead. They need to bring that back. <laughs> yeah, we could use them right now, couldn't we? we real, can, just imagine going <laughs> off on politics. And... Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So you know what I saw? I saw... Uh, wait, are we recording? If you want me, I didn't get a chance to stop yet. Oh, good. Don't stop. All right. Don't stop. Believe it. Yeah, I can't go from Scooby Snacks to that on this show. No, don't do that. <laughs> but you know what? It just reminded me of something. Yeah. When I was in Fanboys in preparation, <laughs> Kyle Newman was just like, dude, you're going to play this guy named Hutch. <laughs> and guess this. He's obsessed with Journey. He loves Journey. And I'm just like, Journey, huh? I only know a couple songs. I'm going to listen to all their shit now. It's great. Yay. So I listen to just tons and tons of Journey. The wheelie this guy keeps on turning. And then all of a sudden, like the day before, he's just all, fuck, Journey dropped out. I'm just like, what? And he just starts rushing out. 
Oh, wow. Isn't that funny how that shit happens? <laughs> how was your Rush knowledge? <laughs> My Rush knowledge was just what was in the movie, really. I was like, Fuck. That's fucked up. But what's hysterical is um that's fucked up, but that was my like Daniel Day Lewis moment. And I was like that's that's my version of that. Like Daniel Day Lewis went away for two years and became a cobbler, and then Scorsese was just like, actually, he's a butcher. Sorry, pal. He's a motherfucker. <laughs> Isn't that what happened to him? <laughs> I don't think so. That's gonna happen to him one of these days. I went away for nine years. Oh my god, that's funny. And I became. A harpoon dealer in the, in Las Vegas. I crippled my hands, and you're telling me he's a tap dancer now? Fine, fine, I'll just do it. Wins an Academy Award. That's Daniel Day-Lewis's life. Uh, he retired. Oh, I got. I, we got oh, a he connection. He's in a movie now. Oh, he is. Yeah. There you go. We're, we're, I think we're connected. <laughs> Stop Hello? it. Yeah. Stop it. Are you kidding me? No, no. Here, bring them up now. This is hey. You son of a bitch. I thought you were blocking me out. You were like, man, that was the oh, worst no. interview I've ever had. I'm never talking to that Fogler again. Dude, that was exciting. Good fucking times. Good talks. Uh, Kevin Smith, you've done me an incredible service, my friend, because they're going to... You know, I'm searching, I'm building my audience, you know, and uh, dude, I just, thank you for having me on your show. Like, I... I'm such a, like, my whole life, I have been watching your work and invested in, in you, your success, and looking at you like someone who is like a brother from another mother, you know, who I'm just, exactly, exactly. like, I, like, I would walk down the street, and for a while there, I couldn't wear a trench coat in my hat backwards and a goatee. <laughs> you know what I mean? People would just be like, hey, silent bar. You know, just, you know, I'd just be like, man, I want to be my own thing. And then, like, if I took the hat off and my hair was long, it was, hey, hey you look like Sam Kinison, you know. So, mm. so you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's where I got the trench coat from. That's where you got Kinison. Exactly. So we have um, Kindred. You said it. We are Kindred. Take me into your show, brother. Well, what happened was I got here... Cause I was so excited to like, I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I was very excited. <laughs> I fucking texted you so early in the morning. I was like, ah, ah, "You ready?" <laughs> I was just like, so excited. I was like, "It's eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I I know. I'm in New York, and I couldn't wait. I, you know, I was. This is very exciting for me. Uh, I'm fad boying out over here. So I I. I basically got here early and and uh, did an intro already and did like a whole thing and uh, you know before we called you so I was just, like making use of the of the nice. the space here um, yeah so I mean I you know trust me everybody knows who you are don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> everybody how do we how does your show how does one begin how do you how do you what do you do well we um, we talk about like my favorite thing is movies and we're talking you and I uh you are sir are an expert watching your podcast listening to your podcast um I was watching your uh, last uh Jedi podcast and uh very fun and informative and hysterical and you know that's what that's what we like to do over here uh 
and we're going to talk about some Star Wars. Sometimes we'll pick a subject and like we'll like you know Kubrick, and we'll just see a bunch of Kubrick movies and talk about that, you know, that kind of thing. And but mostly we're 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 smoking, we're we're getting baked, and usually this and most of the time there's some kind of 4D experience involved. And I, my most recent 4D experience was. I basically. How many times did you see uh, Last Last Jedi? I've now seen it twice in the theater and once on uh, an Oscar screener. I was blown away to get a fucking Oscar screener. My, I was even. I got in this thing with my wife because, uh, you know, I was like, "Oh my god, they sent out Thor Ragnarok. This is fucking nuts! Like this movie's still in theaters." And she was like, "You don't think they'll send the Last Jedi?" And I was like, "Are you fucking crazy?" That movie just came out. They're going to want to ring every penny out. They'll never send out a Last Jedi screener. Like, the next day, we got a Last Jedi screener. And she's like, you're an idiot. So I got to watch it <laughs> at home. And I got a big, like, 103-inch TV. So my third viewing mm. was was very akin to my first two viewings. My first two viewings were in Durango, Colorado. Me and Jay were out on tour. And we had the day down. It was Friday off. And then we had a Saturday show. And then we got to go home. So I found a, a two-screen uh, movie house or movie theater in Durango called the Gaslight or Gas Lamp that's been there since the 20s. So the movie theater I saw Last Jedi in looked like the movie theater I saw Star Wars in. Mm. Um, the only difference being like they had those modern layback seats. But the walls, the screen, the fucking uh, the concession stand – Everything about it screamed, well, to me, 70s, but it was made long before that. So it was the perfect theater to see it in, I feel like. But you haven't seen it for 4D yet. No, that's the one thing I haven't. I <laughs> think my next viewing of Last Jedi will be 4DX. My last 4DX screening was um, Captain America Civil War. And oh Ooh. my God, what a profound life changer that screening was huh. uh, suddenly I realized I don't ever want to see one of these big goofy Hollywood movies. That's not in 40 X anymore. Like it just enhances the experience, particularly like a Marvel movie, particularly I would imagine star Wars. So I think I will go see last Jedi in 40 X before it leaves. You have to. And I I've seen it. I saw it like on uh, IMAX, and then the last I've seen it three times. So in the last two times I saw it was uh, 40x, and I uh, there's something about okay, let's there were certain moments in the movie that were completely ridiculous, but then there were certain moments in the movie that made the child in my heart sing, and oh, all yeah. those times where you're just sitting there going. Man, I, I, where I put myself in the theater is I, I sit like really close. So like the whole screen fills my periphery, you know? And right. uh, so you feel like you're in it, you know, you feel like you're in the cockpit of the X-Wing or, you know, or, uh, or the Millennium Falcon. And, and I sit there and I, and I just weep. I just like, I, I, I heard you talking about on your show, like you basically loved all the moments that I loved and, 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 and anytime the the what they call now legacy characters yes. uh, crossed over. For example, yep. uh, Luke sees and speaks with Chewie. Luke sees and speaks with R2. Luke yes. sees and speaks with Leia. Yoda. Yoda yeah. That 
and Yoda, of course, yes. There's four big moments where they kind of cross over. Same thing. You know, rock stars of our youth. That was just profoundly moving. Same thing for me for the first two times I saw. And then the third time, you start to catch new things. And the third time, I, I, I really appreciated Chewie in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon inside the red crystal salt world. Right. I hadn't, I hadn't even like been able because you know, like you're watching that 4D, and at that point in the movie, you're already like been through, through so much. You're like you just been shaking all over the place, you know. Especially that that movie felt like, and I'm, this is not a complaint, but it felt like like in the theater when they you know fucking killed Snoke, and then they start fighting the other fuckers back to back, and then they fought over Luke's lightsaber. And Finn, you know, got to beat Phasma. Right. Like, that all felt like a conclusion. I was sitting there going, right the fuck on, man. This thing's almost done. And then in my head, I go, wait a second. Right. I didn't see those fucking gorilla walkers yet. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, my God, there's a whole nother act to this movie left. We're going to go to that planet. Like, there's a bunch of shots I still haven't seen from the trailers. Yeah. It was a little and long. that brings us to, like, that moment that seems to be – the divisive moment for a lot of people this this last jedi picture unlike any other fucking star wars movie we know of has like received critical acclaim but the audience is like score is very low or divided um and that's based on and spoilers if you're listening to this clearly you know plenty of spoilers yeah big spoiler um luke um on crate at the end yeah I, my first viewing, I was just taking it in as a Star Wars fan and I was thrilled. Like this movie was the most aerobic I've been in a movie theater <laughs> since I can't maybe ever. And I didn't have a 40 X chip. I could not lean back. Like there were so many things that made me like literally jump forward in my seat, yes. move to the edge of my seat, like fucking pound my, my armrest and stuff like that. I was very physically involved with the movie. So first time Luke shows up. And faces down the first order on on crate. You're like, oh my god! He said he right. wouldn't do it, and he's fucking doing it. And this is amazing. And there's no way if they're gonna put all the guns on him, this ain't how he's gonna fucking die. And like he didn't die. And oh my god, he's gonna fucking fight Kylo Ren. And holy shit! <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, you know, they give you the fucking the M Night Shyamalan twist, where they're like, he ain't really there, motherfucker. He's on a rock back on that pl- back on crate. Yeah. And. First time I saw, and then he's gonna, and then spoilers, he's gonna die, and that's gonna be it for your childhood era, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. First time I saw the movie, I was just so overwhelmed by the movie that I didn't necessarily have a good or bad thought about that. I was like, oh, he's not really there. I get it. Yeah. Second time I saw the movie, (laughs) I became more obsessed with, well, why couldn't he be there? Why, why did he have to force project himself? And I talk about that in the review. I'm like, you know, is there any, I said, I'm fine with the choice, but is there any real hardcore reason I'm missing that he couldn't go to crate? And the internet has been very kind about offering up, you know, like this is why. Number one reason, his ship is in the ocean. And we saw the X-Wing in the ocean, but I'm like, yeah, but we saw him raise his X-Wing on Dagobah. Yoda did it. You know, like there is precedence here. But they're like, nah, man, that ship's been in the ocean for a long time. The ocean water eat everything away. They started throwing 
like literal facts at me. Oh, come like on. what would happen to an X-wing in beach water? <laughs> and you know, wow. in a moment like that, I'm like, okay, that's logical. I'll take that. I'm not arguing with you. But let's just for a moment say that, like, yeah, but this is a story in which people can move rocks and there's laser swords <laughs> and we're in outer space. So, you know, the, you can't really pick and choose what rules work and what rules don't. Like if in a world where there's a walking, talking Wookiee, why couldn't the X-Wing, you know, oh, the planet, the ocean water on crate is actually exactly. better for fucking it's X-Wings. It's healing. It's a healing water. It's like turtle wax. <laughs> yeah. Things. You know what? So, I, I thought that, I'm sorry, finish your thought. All right, so the so the next one is the the thing they bring up is he can't get without to a crate without from, a droid, right? Without a droid, which I was like, oh, that made me feel like a bad Star Wars fan <laughs> to not have put that together myself. However, you know, for those who are like, what? Apparently, you need an astromech droid to make the jump to light speed. Yeah. So if you're in a light uh, craft like an X wing, you need yourself a droid in order to fucking make the jump to light speed. So he couldn't get to create from Octo or whatever the planet is, the Skywalker Island Skyline. <laughs> but I do point out that R2-D2 was literally with him on the island. So he, he left, I know. Right. But, you know, one, if you change the a few keystrokes on the script, yeah. he could have been there. Maybe could've he happened. leaves R2-D2, R2-D2 stayed behind. Yeah. He so fucking comes out, makes a little beep bloop sound, and then we would have loved to see that fucking scene where Luke is just like, all right, I'll 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 try. And then you see him try to get back in touch with the Force, you see him lift the fucking X-Wing out of the fucking ground, and then the audience is thinking, oh my god, he's gonna go. So that, that solidifies, okay, he fucking went there, he's physically there. The audience would fucking buy that hook, line, and sinker, he's fucking there. And did you, uh, at the, you know, on the Saw planet, now... Did you notice, I didn't notice until the third one, that the astral projection of Luke didn't have red footprint prints. Yeah, that was, I didn't notice that at all. I'm not that smart. So it was only thanks to the internet. Somebody was wow. like, I just noticed hey, man, that Luke don't give leave no footprints on crates. So the third time I watched it, which was yeah. the first time I watched it at home, I was like, oh, I see. For me, honestly... It registered when I saw it the, the first time. Yeah. But it didn't register as like, oh, he doesn't have footprints because he's not there. To me, I was like, well, I guess they shot Mark Hamill separately than the guy who plays Kylo Ren because it looks like he's matted in there. Like it looked like an effect. <laughs> right, right, right. Like and then so when it turned out, oh, there is an effect happening. It's happening within the movie itself. He's not really there. Right. I was like, oh, that's fucking clever. I've had enough time to sit with it now, and I I come up on like the side of I I like it very much. I think like, you know, there was a part of me, of course, that was like, okay, if Kylo Ren can stop a laser blast in midair like he did in Force Awakens, yes, why couldn't Luke stop every blast coming from those fucking gorilla walkers and the ships on crate, yeah, and just hold them in midair and shit in one hand and then. We saw Yoda do something similar, catch a bunch of shit from fucking, you know, one of the bad guys and then pitch it back. And I don't know if it was Palpatine or Dooku or whatever the fuck. So it's not without precedent. But I guess this is where people draw the line in credulity, because there are a lot of people on, on the Internet, on Twitter, who are like, yeah, man, but one man could never face the like that, that many ships 
But I'm like, well, that one man could do whatever the writer of this movie wants that one person to do. Like, stop quibbling and being like, no, no, that's impossible. I'm like, all this shit's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was no such thing as a guy named Admiral Akbar. Like, if you're going <laughs> to open up the window to, you know, fucking disbelief, like, you got to, you, can, you can't argue, no, shut it down now when yeah. we, when you need it the most. Like, it seems ridiculous to be like, well, he, that guy couldn't, to, like, take on the Empire himself. It's like, I don't know. I saw those first movies, and that's kind of <laughs> what it was about. Akbar had, it, had an inglorious death. Han had an inglorious death. I don't know how you feel about Luke. I kind of was like, all right, I guess the exertion would kill him. But like, the, I, I feel like, look, we know we're going to see him in the next movie, so I'm okay with it. But I'm it, like, look, if that's what they want to do, I personally would have preferred, you know, if he fucking Ben Kenobi'd Kylo Ren <laughs> on crate, where, you know, he's like, if you strike me down, I'll become more yeah. powerful. And he fucking lets him hit him, and Luke's not there, and motherfucker, you know, kicks his robes and shit in the circle begins anew but i'm a literalist i'm an idiot this is why they don't give me these movies to make and shit they give it to ryan johnson and he found something interesting to do where he's like well well this is I, let's I, be I, honest this he's going, we're playing with we're playing with the notion of a legend yeah like already and we need to accomplish some two things with this movie one make a great entertaining movie that people like but two we have to start establishing the fact that what we all commonly know as Star Wars, the paradigm is going to shift because there are very few of these legacy cast members left. Um, Harrison Ford, they killed off in the movie. Mm. Uh, sadly, we lost Carrie Fisher, so Princess Leia is no more. And, you know, Luke Skywalker is your last tie. Now, there's a world where you could keep making movies with Luke Skywalker in them until Mark Hamill's sick of this. Yeah. But they decided to go this way where they're like, let's pass the torch. So... Half the movie is about, you know, fucking Luke, and half the movie is about Ray and her adventure. And really, let's be honest, it's not even half the movie about Luke. He's he is kind of a Ben Kenobi-ish character in this yeah. in this installment of the picture. And so they needed to accomplish a passing of the baton, a handoff, to keep these movies going. Otherwise, you know, once Luke's out, all you got left as a kid who grew up in the 70s is Chewie, C3PO an R2-D2 or anybody in a mask, you know, Greedo and shit like that. But your human connection to that world is gone. Ben Kenobi's gone. You know, uh, Billy D. Williams is still around, and I heard that he was supposed to be the guy that ran right. the casino plant, which would have been amazing. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I, I see the sensibility in what they did and the sensibility in having to accomplish, like, we got to tell a story that also tells the audience that this is going to have to continue one day without all the people that you come to love in this movie, you know, from the seventies, like we're, we're going to keep taking making star Wars movies. So here familiarize yourself with the cast. And, and this is a story about change and how legends never die, but like the legend is more important than the person and the legend of Luke Skywalker will continue on as we saw, you know, in the last scene of the movie. So I get it. Like if it, it's a smart choice. It's classy choice. Um, it's bold in the way that I'm sure Empire Strikes Back seemed bold in its day when, you know, at the end of the movie, they're like, everything's going to end on a down note and fucking one of the bad, the, the heroes is going to be taken away by a bad guy. And and there is no satisfying ending to that movie. It just makes you want the next chapter and stuff. Here, they, they accomplished a few goals at once, man, while doing something kind of classy, this, 
while doing something original. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that force projection coming. And that's the point, that's right? True. Like we all think we know what we, the force does. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, now we're going to redefine the force. But you could do a few more fucking things. Yeah, but I would have loved. I think that if we had a little help with those moments, like Luke lifting the X-Wing out of the water, I think that would have helped us later see. Uh, we would have been able to swallow him dying like that. And, and it also would have been a nice fake out. Yeah. You know, look, the movie was long. It was like two and a half hours long. long. So I'm sure on some level, Ryan Johnson was like, yeah, I'd love to tell every Here's, story. I got a theory, though. I got a theory. Like, you, you, did you, were you a fan of Lost? Um, yes. Okay, so you remember in the first episode, you see everyone's on the island and suddenly the people that can't walk are suddenly walking, everyone's healed, everything's fine. So you're like, oh, they're in limbo. And then they spend five seasons saying they're not they know it's not limbo it's another dimension it's the thing and then finally the last episode they're like hey it was limbo that's what i I think the same thing's happening here and 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 i think that jj's got a mastermind this whole thing where because i I don't know if i'm just married to the whole idea that they're twins and 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 going into this whole thing i growing up on the the books and the thinking that uh that the 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 last three were about fucking Han and Leia's twins, you know, and, and they're right. fucking. So I, I, I still think that it works though. I'm trying to make that work. And I, and I have this, this, I don't know. I, I don't know if other people, I think other people on the internet have a similar theory, but uh, you want to hear this crazy theory I have? I do. I do. I do. Okay. So you know about the twins, uh, Jason and, uh, Jason and Jaina or something. Those are the, the from the extended universe yes. writers, uh, the books, the, the vault series. books, right? Yes. So, um, so I think it still works, and this is how I think that um, be, they're, they're not going to give it to you, folks. I know they're, they're not, but like, <laughs> you can try to make it work. I know in your own fan fiction slash fiction <laughs> fantasy way. But they're never going to give it to you, man. But what if it actually does turn out like this? What if it was the whole it's it's not limbo it is limbo thing where where they do turn out to be twins well that's that jj now has the chance to do it yes like if you look at force if you look at force awakens and then you look at last jedi and i've talked about this on, on the fat man batman thing and this is not meant to create it this is not like i see a beef or something like that this is just an observation from the outside there are so many moments in the last jedi which seem like a complete repudiation of what was set up in Force Awakens. Um, right. You know, like, of course, one of the biggest ones is the masked Kylo Ren. Right. Like, so much of, uh, you know, Force Awakens is predicated on this fucker and his mask, and, right. you know, he wants to be fucking Vader and shit. And then in the opening of this movie, Snoke's like, you're a little bitch in a mask. And so he smashes his mask, and he's like, I'm done with it. So you get to, you know, see the actor, Adam Driver, see his face with right. the movie and stuff. That felt like a real, not like, fuck you for real, JJ, but fuck Force Awakens. We're going to do whatever we want over here. But you know how I, um, see, I see that? I see, I'm like making it work in my head. So I'm just like. <laughs> like it's the twins. It's the psychology of it because he wants to be Darth. And that is just a mask. And in order for him to fulfill his destiny, he has to not act like it. He has to become it. No doubt. Right? But also, it feels like Ryan Johnson going, fuck this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goofy. 
I don't want to deal with it. I think if, if you're casting a fucking actor, I want to see their fucking actor face. Like, fuck this mask. And away it goes. And, you know, the whole... I want to see a skid mark. I want to see a crazy... raised parents? And then suddenly right. at the end of the movie, they're like, you know who raised parents Nobody, are? motherfucker. Yes, they're a couple <laughs> junkies. Well, check this out. I got a theory on that, too. Okay. Okay, so check it out. So, so Leia... Right. She has, when she has, she's pregnant and she's going to have twins and she's just like, oh my God, it's like fucking history repeating itself over here. And Han Solo's off being Han Solo and he doesn't know about twins. He just knows she's pregnant. And he's just like, fuck responsibility. I'm going to go to, you know, hang out with Chewie. And then. We got things to do. Yeah. We got to go smuggle some shit. And then, uh, so Leia's just like, has this vision this fucking force vision that that is this dark prophecy where there were light twins which is luke and leia there's gonna rise the dark twins okay which is ben and ray and she says i gotta get these motherfuckers as far away as possible from each other because together they're gonna destroy the universe so she takes thank you for bearing with me by the way <laughs> i'm digging it dude I'm, so, this is the this is the star wars movie a lot of us would like to have seen. so she takes ben and she takes gives to luke and says luke Make sure he stays on the light side. And, of course, Luke fails. So then she takes Ray and gives her to somebody who she trusts. But it's fucking war, man. So that's somebody who she trusts. So this is a whole other movie, which I'd love to see. Just a Rube Goldberg device of Ray being passed after this person that she trusts is, like, killed, right? So then Leia's like, oh, my God, my baby's been killed. What have I done? Now, Ray is actually survived. She's in some escape pod. And she go. She is passed from everybody to the fucking huts around the runes and the moons and the baris, you know, whatever the fuck. She goes to the Ewok village. She's everywhere until she's like seven years old, and she's with these junkies who she believes are her parents in her heart. She's like, these are my parents, and then they leave her on fucking Jakku, and uh, she's like, oh my god, my parents just left me there. So that is what is in her heart. That's what she believes. So then Kylo Ren reads her thoughts and is like, okay, that's what she believes. I'm going to feed into that. Okay. I'm going to tell her what she, she says, he, he says, you know, already she says it. He never even says a name. He right. just says what's in her heart. So he doesn't know who the fuck her parents are. He doesn't know who the fuck, you know, he, he doesn't know that she, who knows, you know? I wonder, see in a world where JJ sets that up. Yeah. Where it's just like, Ooh, who is her parentage? Uh, you know, and then Ryan goes, ah, it's nobody. Um, doesn't mean that JJ, as he comes back to the, you know, the next one can't right. be like, no, nah, he was just fucking with her and they are X, Y, or Z. And they love it makes to a do lot that. of sense. Like it, the problem is, and how can they, I mean, I don't know. They might be able to get away with it better now too. Like, like if, you know, since Carrie's gone and they've already said Princess Leia won't be in the third one or General Leia won't be in the third one. Like, you know, maybe that's the best time to be like, yeah, your mom was General Leia. Because otherwise they might have to dramatize that scene where, you know, Carrie Fisher is like, I had to give you up and blah, blah, blah. Now they don't get to dramatize that scene. So... Right, you know, I you could get away. He could get away with that. There are some crazy moments, and and this just, just I was watching the movie for the third time, and I'm just like, this. I the, I'm convinced they're fucking twins for several reasons. There are moments where Ray, in certain angles, she looks like fucking Natalie Portman. She just looks like her. Okay, yeah. and then 
um, there are certain moments um, where she and so it, it tied in the editing. Um, Luke reaches out to Leia. The very next fucking thing is Ray, uh, Ray reaching out to to Ben. Okay, it it keeps it, they're back to back. So that come on, that's something right there. And then. Snoke says, <laughs> I feel so geeky. So, so Snoke says at this moment, uh, where, where it, it just, it was so reminiscent of Palpatine where he's, he, he wants them to strike him down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because then that's the fucking Palpatine speech. Right. Strike me down, and your transformation to the dark side will be complete. And and I'm I'm convinced that the fucking dark masters, they reincarnate somehow. You know, they don't get to ascend like the good guys, but they get to keep coming back. You know, their spirit, their essence. So right. so that's what I think is going on there. And he knows he's coming back. So, so as long if he strikes him down and he can, they're all about lying. Yoda, everybody lies. Nobody fucking tells anybody the truth. They just tells them what they need to hear. So he says, I connected you two, which is bullshit. They were already connected. He sensed they were already connected and he manipulated that. That's why they're still fucking connected after he's dead. Yeah. So there is that connection, even though Snoke's not there. Yes. Could be could be a red herring. Could be something upon which JJ could just build and be like, "No, I'm going back to my story." <laughs> I would love that, man. Holy shit! If that was indeed his story, I mean, that felt like where it was going. And since you, as you pointed out, you know, mm-hmm. Lost was like, "Nah, it's not." Yeah, it is. You know, it, it it behooves them to deny. They did the same thing on the Star Trek sequel. They're like, "He ain't Khan. We're not doing Wrath of Khan." Oh, ben Cumberbatch ain't con. Then Dude. the movie came out like, yeah, he's con. Oh my god, I think you're right. Oh my god, I, I I'm now I'm even more convinced that they're twins. They've just been See, trying that's, to. That's something something George Lucas never had to think about when he made those first movies. Like there was no internet for a bunch of people to get together and start theorizing. <laughs> yeah. Or worse, writing better versions of the, the story. <laughs> You know, that's that's the danger. And that that was kind of what happened to the prequels is that, you know, what what everyone wanted was something more like what we're getting now. But the guy that created the movies is like, no, I'm going to tell you completely different stories about the people who made those people and shit. And, you know, his approach wasn't the approach that anybody had in their head when they heard Star Wars. So Disney buys Star Wars for four billion and they're like, oh, we'll show you what a Star Wars movie looks like. Like I saw this uh, article, where was it? I think Forbes, where they were talking about the argument of um, auteur versus machine, like is is kind of um, right now in Disney's favor because the auteur, the theory that they put forward in Forbes, the auteur was George Lucas, and George Lucas got to go make three prequels, and 
people rejected them. It made a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but people didn't care for them. The toys didn't sell nearly as well, so forth and so on. Disney buys Star Wars for four billion. So one of the first things they have to do is like, we gotta make our money back, man. Otherwise we're four billion in a hole. So it behooves them to try to make as good a Star Wars movie as possible because that's the only way back to profitability. George, he can do whatever he wanted because it was his world and he was not dialed into the audience. He didn't really care what the audience wanted because when he created the first Star Wars movies, that's how you did it. There was no audience to answer to. There was no like, oh, what do they want? Like, this is what I'm giving them. But now suddenly with the prequels, we were of an age or in an age where somebody could just, some random stranger could pierce his armor by being like, you know, you fucked up, or this ain't my Star Wars, or blah, blah, blah. They chased that dude off the internet. He said he doesn't read anything. I, I believe him at this point. So that, the Disney scenario, these cats are like, hey, man, we ain't got, like, all the time. We're a publicly traded company. We got to make good on this $4 billion we spent. So we got to fucking crack the code and, like, try to make what made people like those first three Star Wars movies right. want to f pursue in, in this world as well. We got to marvelize this shit. I guess that's kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and I saw somebody said that on Twitter about, and we live in that age. I sometimes feel like I'm fucking sound like Trump when I say that. Somebody on Twitter said, <laughs> but I read somebody on Twitter said something really kind of interesting. They're like, look, I, I loved Last Jedi as a Marvel movie. I did not like it as a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, that's, that's fair. I guess that's a way to look at it. But they, that, as per that Forbes article, it posits that Disney has to fucking try to make as perfect a Star Wars movie as they possibly can because they've already seen what happens when you don't in the hands of the guy who was like, well, I made the first one, right, so I'm right. going to make the next three. So you, you loved... Last Jedi, you saw it a bunch. What 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 were the things that you nitpicky didn't like about it? The nitpicky stuff was like, you know, Space Leia will always be kind of like, huh. <laughs> a, all right. I mean, when I first saw it, I'll be honest, that was one of the shift forward in my seats moment. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, my God, she's alive? Because when they <laughs> killed her, when the bridge blew up, yeah. I fucking jumped forward. That was I was like, is that how this is going to end? Is yeah. that how they're going to get rid of General Leia Organa, like yeah. you can't escape this. I just saw everybody get blasted into fucking space, and then all of a sudden they go close on her, and any sense of you know by the time she's flying through space and doing space ghost, that that was nullified by my old school like oh my god this is one of the twins using the force for more than just luke i hear you right. in my head you know this is our first representation we get to see right of princess leia's ability to fucking use the force. i think that would i think that wouldn't have been such i think that would have been more palatable if you know that moment where she's sitting there kind of like uh i don't know half hour into the movie and she's sitting there and, she, and she's at the table and she's deep in thought and they come out of hyperspace and there's that canteen rattling on the table yeah. If she for a second not even looked at it, but just kind of like waved at it and it stopped, you'd say, "Oh fuck! Wow, is she is she using the force now? Like you know something subtle like that." Right. So that later, I think that when she did that, people would be like, oh, "It wouldn't be such a fucking <laughs> kick in the nuts." 
It it seemed to be a big kick in the nuts for a lot of people. The second viewing, I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a few different things you could have done. But I was still kind of like, you know, as an old school Star Wars fan, like, yay, she used the Force. Um, Who the fuck are we we to say, like, we don't know what happened in the last 20 years, man. She could be, like, meditating like a motherfucker. Yeah, like, she could have been, you know, maybe, obviously she didn't train with Yoda, but had her own version of training and stuff. Um, That leads me to the prince, like, here, uh, Admiral Haldo. One of the greatest moments of any Star Wars movie Mm. is taking the jump to light speed through Snoke's ship. It, It was breathtaking. They pulled all the fucking, you know, uh, sound out of the moment because in space nobody could hear a motherfucker oh, like yeah. Snoke scream as a shit gets ruined. <laughs> and so it was a glorious moment. Yes. But on my second viewing, I said to myself, why, like, I would have, that would have been the moment for Leia. For Leia. Now. She could have died five times. Here's the one where they would have been awesome. Uh, the And you would have. It would have, you know, be, I, look, I was moved by Haldo's death, but right. watching your childhood, you know, she fought the Star Wars her whole fucking life. And so ultimately, what else can a general do but lay down her life for her for her soldiers? The end of the resistance was about to die out. Yeah. So, oh, my God, giving it to her. You know, uh, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, like nothing but fucking tears. However, somebody yeah. pointed out online, you know, if you if you obviously they didn't think to write that and then Carrie passed. And, and I guess you could probably have built that sequence. But somebody pointed out, hey, man, Admiral Akbar just fucking died in the vacuum of space. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's why not harder. give him that fucking moment? And right. then I'm like, that would have been yes. so. Yes. Could you imagine, like, as much as we've always liked Akbar, it's a trap. If he was the one in the chair and they're giving the fish guy the moment where he's just like, this is all the resistance. And fucking, you watch your childhood blast through yeah. snow shit. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a good call. I, I, but we could do that all day. We could sit there and be like, they should have done they this. They should have done that. You know, there's I love how there's total disregard for Finn and Rose on that ship. And, and then when you cut back to them, they're like... Everyone else is dead, and they are just, they're okay. Yeah, they're like, well, that was lucky. That was fucking crazy, huh? All right, let's get out of here. When last we saw them, they had the fucking, you know, forced cheese grater right against their fucking face. So I don't care how <laughs> that fucking ship gets hit. There's no way they don't at least get singed. Yeah. That's what, that's what I would have liked to have seen, like them with two burn marks across their faces. Something. Um, that, but that is, uh, what else? There was another kind of beat where I was like, yeah, oh, on uh, the casino planet, okay, they free these you know wild horses that look like the yeah. uh, fucking where the wild things are on their faces. <laughs> yeah, why, why couldn't they have been tom toms? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's where all the tom toms came from. Yeah, so you were nice. given one more blast from the past. I mean, I know they're like, hey, bitch, we got to save this. We got years of Star Wars movies to make. <laughs> we're saving tom toms for year eight. But I thought that was a missed opportunity. Instead of creating some new fucking thing, tied into the mythos. What about like, this? Tom Tom's come from. How you feel about the blue milk, man? I mean, well, him milking the walrus. I mean, the, the, come it's, on. It, okay, so the wal—he's the walrus is sitting back on his haunches on his ass. He's on his ass like and wanting it, like wanting it. And like those totally okay with it. They're okay, and she look and looks over to Ray, and it's just like next. Who yeah, looking in? at Ray like you dirty little cock. <laughs> Get in here, girl. <laughs> and and those udders, <laughs> those udders are real low. 
They're hanging real even low. Weirder, even weirder than the sea creature looking at Ray was fucking <laughs> Luke taking a big drink and then looking at Ray in a defiant way, like, fuck yeah, I drink walrus titty milk. <laughs> yeah, lady. That's you a- sure you want me as a teacher? Look at this You're shit. You're missing out. <laughs> It's delicious. Gives you a little buzz, a little tingle. You know what's supposed to get? You know, yeah. I I appreciated his whole thing during that bit where he, I, I don't. You know, I that that goes along with the whole fucking hero's journey. The guy who's been through war, he lost his fucking arm and his dad and everything, and now he just wants to chillax. You know, and just and just chill and meditate. That I think that's the generational split. Like I think if you're older. Uh, I'm not saying you got to be my age, but I think if you're older, like yeah. you give the guy some when you've had space, some kids, like, yeah, yes, where you're like this motherfucker lived the adventure of a lifetime, and then like he literally brought the fucking you know justice to the galaxy, yeah, and then you know had this fucking weird moment with his nephew and fucking shit went south, and so <laughs> he don't want no part of this. It's world. human, man. He's scared. He's scared of. He's scared of the dark side, and he's scared of the dark side in himself. He doesn't fucking want any of it. He doesn't and want And there's it. precedent. He's seen other Jedi Masters. This is the way they go. Fucking Ben Kenobi was in, <laughs> you know, hiding on Tatooine. Fucking uh, Yoda was in hiding on Dagobah. Like, just maybe not hiding, but just this. I'm going to go off to this isolated place and eventually fucking die. And so he <laughs> knows the path of the Jedi. It's not a yeah. happy ending. It's like one day... You're off by yourself in either the fucking swamps or the desert and shit like that. It's, so yeah, yeah. he was going based on role models. I get it. And, you know, after what goes down with his fucking nephew, I'm sure he's like, fuck all this noise. Like, yeah, that's the most horrible shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, fuck this. I'd rather drink titty milk. Yeah. On a beach somewhere <laughs> than, than I this want none of it. Yeah. It's, and also yeah. add to it. Like, here, here's the thing. When we saw, you know, maybe Ryan should be given a little more credit for looking at the source material. We met Ben Kenobi. He's an old man. Uh, He was a Jedi master. Right, he was a hermit. He wanted none of it. He wanted to fucking... But also, he didn't have these, you know, fucking unrealistic superpowers. You know, what did we see Ben Kenobi do? He waved his hand and fucking used a Jedi mind trick. Yep. He got, you know, he shut the tractor beam down by distracting a couple of stormtroopers. And then he has he a, can't a do the flips anymore. where he's not limber. It's not like he's bouncing around yeah. like we saw young Yoda and shit. He ain't chopping so there, people in half anymore. Yeah, there's a world that's already been established where it's like, hey, man, Jedi's rock. But let's be honest, they're human beings and they slow down with old age and shit like that. So at least like maybe we were unrealistic to expect like this fucking superhero version of Luke Skywalker, because as we've seen in the movies previously, like old Jedi's just they they they, they get old. Like they're you know they're they're not like super limber and shit. We saw a young Ben Kenobi in the prequels. Right. We saw an old ass Ben Kenobi in fucking Star Wars and shit. <laughs> so, so maybe he was Ryan was just following suit, going like, look. Luke Skywalker wouldn't age into fucking Batman or Superman, motherfucker. He would age into old Ben Kenobi, like some old right. guy who once did something with a fucking laser sword right. years ago. So maybe that was the way to go. Maybe we were wrong for expecting a Marvelized version of Luke Skywalker where he's like, he's larger than fucking life. And even at age 60, he could still do the shit he did when he was a farm boy. 
like, you know, I know there's a version of us that like we're so spoiled by superheroes now, you know, that yeah. maybe we forgot that Luke Skywalker is not a superhero. He's a he's the mythical hero. He's Joseph Campbell's figure of myth. He's a classic hero. But that doesn't mean that like Tony Stark or fucking Thor or Spider-Man, he's always going to win. And, you know, fucking age gets us all. I'm going to fuck who you are. Unless you're that motherfucker who was in Captain America's Civil War who downloaded his whole brain into that giant computer room and shit like that. Like, that's it. You <laughs> age out. You're done. Well, on that same tip, I think they were, like, definitely kind of manipulating the, 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 the original fans with aging down and making Yoda, like, puppety in the... In the oh, how did I you... That was a great choice to... Yes. Last time we saw Yoda in the movies, he was younger Yoda in the prequels. And at first right. they did him as a puppet. And then George took that puppet out of the equation. Yeah. And made him digital. Yeah. So the last time we saw Yoda theatrically in a movie theater, he was younger Yoda bouncing around, being able to do fucking fun things and, and, right. and stuff. But the last time we saw Yoda, <laughs> those of us who grew up with the trilogy, was he was a puppet who died on... I'm Dagobah. So when he shows up in fucking Last Jedi, looking like that puppet who died, I wanted to give Ryan a big hug. Like, come on, dude. That's a smart fucking choice. And I heard that went back to the original mold. They found a mold of that Yoda, and they were like, strike it from that fucking mold. Right. And that's so perfect. Like, I'm glad that they didn't do... I was glad it was puppet Yoda. They used him right. I think Ryan probably experienced as he was shooting it, like, oh, shit. Like, there ain't too many ways to slice this cat because he's a puppet at the end of the day. And we've all grown accustomed to as much as you don't like Jar Jar Binks, like something that looks like it's actually fucking not a puppet. But they made it work. They used it sparingly and like him kicking his feet and laughing. And I don't give a fuck yeah. if he looked like a puppet or CG. If you let him say young Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you own the audience. Like that, that was where I started crying. He's yeah. like, oh, I've missed you, young Skywalker. Oh. Like, oh, and they're playing that John Williams music underneath. The, uh. I mean, yep. fuck the like, oh, I was a boy again. I, you know, I was, yeah. it was the 70s all over. It's more than that. That's just great storytelling. You know, it's a, long it's tail a space storytelling. Opera. You don't get that moment without fucking years and years of storytelling ahead of it. But, well chosen. You I get that it. it's a it's a space opera. I was actually watching your show and it reminded me that wait a minute, the reason that these themes I think your your buddy Mark said that it, it's a it's musical. You have yeah. these so it is, man. And I, that's why I think that they're even more so that they're twins. And on the same okay, so on the same age tip, yeah. Is Chewbacca getting younger? Because he does seem to be aging backwards. Is it like Maybe Mork? That's, that's it's what like Mork. Happens like Kashyyyk. It's like Mork and Mindy. Yes, <laughs> like Mork's baby. <laughs> He's gonna start as Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. <laughs> okay, so uh, so so you think that? Okay, so how old is he now? He's like four hundred. He's like whatever the fuck he is. How old is he and now? And also, it's like what happened to his family? Like we met them once at Christmas. Does he only go to see him every life day and shit like that? Yeah, exactly. Every every Christmas there is like every fucking forty thousand years. So anyway, so you know, as it goes around the moon of Endor. So then fucking so the question is, 
the question is, let's say he's, okay, he's younger than Yoda, so let's say he's like 600 years old or 500 years yes. old. Okay, he's 500 years old. He hasn't figured out the whole concept of like being like a pescatarian yet or like a vegan yet. Like he's like, no, that's a, like, until he fucking looked into the eyes of a porg and realized, <laughs> oh, I'm eating another living thing. He didn't even eat it. It, it just yeah. he's cooked. That, and that was the I was like, what a mixed message. It's like, well, I know, like the thing's know, dead. It's fried, and it's weird that the that its buddy, like, you don't even know what the relationship was. Was that pork staring at him his buddy? Was it his mom that right. Chewie was about to eat and stuff? I'd like the, well, to be his mom now. <laughs> but then my question is, is that the same pork in the cockpit? Like, did he have to adopt that? Oh pork? yeah, he adopted the pork. Your mother and shit. It's and, the same pork. And I think we're going to see him. We're going to see that Porg in the next one wearing a goddamn like rebel helmet, (laughs) (laughs) screaming into the fucking fray. I was hoping he'd have a little bandolier strap. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Oh my god. If if that's the case, like let's say becomes his like adopted son. Chewie was going to eat his mom and shit. (laughs) Is there a day where this Porg snaps and like pulls a knife to Chewie's neck? That would be incredible. I don't care if you're 600 years old. That was my mother, you prick. And That's amazing. Like, it's an inside job. He, like, the whole time, he just playing the long con with fucking Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, like someday. <laughs> you're my six-fingered man. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> I think Chewie, Chewie has traditionally always gotten I the short Chewie. end of the stick in these movies. As we remember from the Star from first Star Wars, he didn't get a medal, even though he was just as important. <laughs> yeah, that was like weird thing. racism. In Force, really. Force Awakens, his best fucking friend, the, the guy by whom his whole life is defined, is killed. Yeah. He comes off the Falcon. Leia doesn't have a moment where she's like, oh my God, Chewie, like our boy, he's dead. Like she yeah. goes right to Ray, the chick she's never really met. <laughs> and then in this movie as well, like they had this moment huh. where you know they're on on Octu and and yeah. you know Luke is like I ain't fucking coming out and Chewie bangs the door down and shit and he's like Chewie what are you doing here and then he goes wait a second where's Han and instead of like letting right. us see what happened they cut away you know it was a good cut because they cut to the guy who killed Han Kylo Ren and then you follow his story <sighs> How I was you... pitching a version where Chewie mm. tells Luke in Chewie speak. The, about the death oh, of Han Solo. Oh, God. Like, how so moving sad. would that have been if he was just like... Oh, you see, like, fuck. Him, him, the Wookiee equivalent of him crying and shit. As oh, my he, God. And, and, you know, it's a great acting moment for Mark <laughs> because he has to convey everything and not make it ridiculous. As <laughs> yeah, it. exactly. I became so I became a Wookiee. But that's fan fiction. That's where you're like, oh, I, I, this is what the movie I'm, I'm all about that. I don't give a shit. I love talking about I <laughs> I uh, well, what somebody think about it? what if somebody well I guess I became a Wookiee. The spelling when Han died. came from improv, so you were probably always open to like more improv. Like if somebody came up with a good idea, you guys would never be like, fuck no. You'd no. probably be like, Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that's where you get the gold, man. The fucking uh my, I don't know how you felt when when Han died, but I became Luke. I, I, I because because I for some reason, I had convinced myself that he was going to do more than one movie. Like they that they figured out how much to pay him, and that he said yes. And I was like, I had no clue that he was going to get killed. So when it was when it was unfolding before my eyes, I'm sitting in the movie theater, 
And I see them, I was like, wait a minute, this is like the Obi-Wan scene in Star Wars. Like, what's going on here? What? Wait, I'm like, oh, I was like, oh my God, no. No, 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 they're not going to kill Han. No, and then I look over and I see like like two other guys next to me who had seen the movie already. And it was like they're a millionth viewing and they just looked at me and they were just like, oh, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, and I'm just ready. like, oh, what, man, what? And then fucking, he gets killed and I'm literally just like, no! That's impossible! I, like, became Luke in Empire, like, screaming. Like, I was like, how can they do this? You just killed my childhood. And I'm sitting there in the movie theater, and I'm just like, can I watch the rest of the series now? They're like, they're like, bro, we would have put him in every movie, but he didn't even want to do it. We had to back up a Millennium Falcon, a Jawa Sandcrawler full of fucking money <laughs> for him to do what he fucking did, man. But there was a moment in Last Jedi... Where, you know, when Luke was like, if you strike me down, I'll be with you forever, yeah. like your father. And they were close on Luke's face. Yeah. And I thought they were going to roll left or right and suddenly reveal. Blue Han? Force Ghost Han, yeah. But he doesn't know like, the Force. Oh, my God. How could he know the Force? I know. Maybe he trained? I was, I was just sitting there. I was hoping for, it, it was a moment. It felt like a setup moment. Yeah. And to be fair, with what eventually happened, with it being Luke as a force projection, who's to say he couldn't have fucking conjured up a hot? Fuck yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, just like be like a conduit a to the beyond. He just is like a conduit to like a, he pulls like a Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, Han is telling me something. The father says, you're a real prick here. Let's move this quarter up a door. We're going to make pottery. <laughs> Disney's like, how do we save fucking Star Wars? <laughs> By making it ghost. We Bruce Joel Rubin, this motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Whoopi. man, do you... Hey, uh, did you catch uh, what um, Poe said to Ray when they uh, met? I, I caught a few things that Poe said to Ray. But which one? <laughs> At the end when he's like... She says, uh, hey. He says, hey. Uh, and, she, and she says, hey, I'm Ray. And he says, I know. I think they're going to get together, man. I think he's like the Han and she's the, the Leia. Somebody, some, oh, because it was, I, oh, the use of I know. I hadn't, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, somebody pointed out, though, that they did actually meet in Force Awakens. They did? I couldn't remember that because I thought that was a cool moment huh. in Last Jedi when they when he's like, hi, I'm Poe. Because I was like, oh, shit, these two haven't really <laughs> met yet, have they? But, no, he disappears for a long section of that movie, right? Like, oh, the yeah. idea of Poe Dameron was he was going to be dead. But then they liked him so much, J.J. was like, let's put him in the rest of the movie. And they kept him around. Huh. So he, you know, they give him a lot more screen time in this last Jedi picture, but they kind of turned him into an asshole, which felt like another <laughs> fuck you Force Awakens moment where they're like, oh, did you like that guy? Well, now he's now he's going to tell Leia where to go. <laughs> what about this whole thing where Jar Jar is like a Sith master? Like that's like going around. Yeah, that theory, that'd be amazing. What is... Wouldn't that have, I mean, I know they couldn't. The design wasn't nearly there, but fucking what if one of those Praetorian guards had turned out to be fucking Jar Jar? <laughs> like when they're fighting and shit and they knock the helmet off and he's just like... <laughs> Kill you, I will. Use. <laughs> and uh, how come? How come Kylo wasn't using the Force in that fucking scene? He's just like, oh fuck, like, we gotta get back to the, like fucking stage combat here, motherfucker. That yeah, shit was, was getting just, crazy. 
it was all about fighting back to back and shit. So that was a killer moment, man. Like as yeah, I love that scene. As he spins that lightsaber, one of my first like the reason, like I've been I've been dissecting Star Wars since I was fucking a youngster and stuff, and that's why it wound up in Clerks, and it's part of the thing that built my entire fucking career is talking about some movies that I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. And early, early on, man, in my when I was dating uh, this girl in high school, my high school girlfriend. We would constantly have these discussions, you know, because uh, what we did the most at her place wasn't heavy teenage petting. It was watch <laughs> movies because her parents were like her bedroom was right next to the living room Ooh. and her parents bedroom was right next to that. So it wasn't like, hey, let's go in your bedroom. You wouldn't get up to anything. So we hung out with her parents and watched movies. I was a big movie kid. They had a movie rental store across the street and shit. So they would get like, and they were the family that put in, you know, when that, when Young Guns comes out, I want the first copy. So they would always get the first movies. And then they had two VCRs so they would tape the movie so they can rewatch it anytime they want to break in the law and shit, but no matter, they weren't selling it or anything. <laughs> so we've spent a lot of time watching movies together. And, you know, I was always a big Star Wars fan. So we'd eventually like twice a year watch Star Wars and shit. And so we were watching Return of the Jedi. And after one of the viewings, I was like, he did it all wrong. And she's like, what do you mean? And this is, uh, I got to be 16, maybe 17 at this time. I had this conversation. So this would be 1986 or 1987. I said, in, in, this, in, in Jedi, and we're talking about the ending of the movie, Luke is standing there in front of the emperor. And, he, and his emperor is like, yeah, feel your hate. Grab your weapon. Strike me down. Yeah. And he, Luke finally calls for it and then pulls back. And then goes to hit the emperor right in the fucking mush, but then the lightsaber stops him. I was like, he should have expected that. I was like, what I would have done, and this began a lifetime of what I would have done if Ooh, I was in charge of Star Wars, Yes, was come around. I pull that lightsaber to me, instead of drawing back in an overhead thrust and then coming down... I spin, bitch. So I'm pulling <laughs> it to my hand and I'm spinning at the same time so that when it enters my hand and I am halfway through my rotation, I snap that fucker on and I'm coming <laughs> through him from the back of the chair. You see what I'm saying? The mm. back of the chair. Yes, sir. And cutting him in half, dude. So when I saw The Last Jedi, I nearly plotted because I was like, finally, somebody cut this fucker down through the back of the chair. Like they, he turned that right. lightsaber on whoosh, instead of coming at him from the front, snuck mm. attack that bitch. Yeah. I felt very vindicated. That very 17 good. year old boy inside of me, which out of context sounds very <laughs> Do you was know, fucking on fire watching that moment. Do you know what your, um, star Wars name is? No, mine is, it's basically, it's your backwards name. So mine is Daniel Fogler. Mine is Lee Nad Relgoff. Okay. So I'm Nivik. Yeah, you're Nivik, and it's a silent H, I guess. You're, so, yeah. Tim's? No, Timis? Yeah. Nivik Timis. Why, yeah. is that how George did it? Um, No, this was a game that like came out when I was a kid, and that's how we figured out all our Star Wars names. It's fucking dope. Yeah, Nivik, Nivik Timis. But your middle name is Patrick, right? Yeah. So your middle name is, is, is Kurtap. Nivik Kurtap. Yeah, I'm the guy that's like, I feel like I take on the whole empire myself, sir. And I get killed. <laughs> I'm the dack of this bitch. <laughs> Do you know what your actual name means? Like my name is, life? like my name is uh, is Dan Daniel Fogler. So Daniel 
is like means God. God is my judge, and Fogler means uh, bird catcher. So God is my judge, bird catcher, and I was I became As God is my judge. I will be a bird. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I got fascinated by this because of Spielberg. And his name, because his Spielberg means basically means fun mountain, you know, and that's what that's what he is. He's a, just a big fucking. So I love it when people Anything, like is that. That's the literal translation. Yeah, Spielberg. Is, Spiel mountain. means fun play, and Berg is a mountain. That's hysterical. Isn't that man. beautiful? And I love that. So you are Kevin Patrick Smith. So Kevin, and my middle name is Kevin Daniel Kevin Fogler. So so I knew Kevin, and that means kind and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> And don't which I love Not it. I and Patrick, <laughs> so you had that's that's a saint name. So that's 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 one saint, Kevin. Patrick is the next saint you have in your name, which means yeah. Patrick literally means noble and saintly. And then your last name is Smith, which means like a uh, metal striker, which is a great name. Metal striker was going to be my metal name. Love the, it. Of my, the name of my metal band in high school. We are handsome metal striker. <laughs> we are handsome noble metal striker my name was uh it wasn't even it was a last minute change i was supposed to be brian david oh but the same day i was born in riverview hospital in red bank somebody had a kid a boy also named him brian david whoa so my parents were like we can't do that and so they picked randomly. randomly there's no kevin's in my family there's no huh. patrick's and they went for Kevin Patrick. And uh, my grandmother, like, never met, let my mother live it down. She was always like, Kevin Patrick? Where'd you pull that? Because <laughs> oh, I guess they were kind of more German than anything else. Um, you know who has an unfortunate name? Who? Alan Tudick. Yeah. <laughs> as when much as I love him. Do, I love that guy. Dick. Poor guy. He's a lovely He's, yeah, he's doing so poorly. He is a wonder. Like I took that fucking name and I turned myself into a Star Wars character. He's going, I don't have to spell my shit backwards. I'm K2SO, motherfucker. One and done. One and done. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Um, this, I, I just saw, um, so I guess, you know, uh, great. We talked about The Last Jedi and Star Wars and I love it. And you're fucking amazing. And I, you know, I'm, I just, I want to, wrap this up hey did you see uh the greatest showman yet no i just got the dvd is it worth watching so this is the this is the hugh jackman challenge now i want you this i want you to watch logan and the greatest showman back to back and then tell me that hugh jackman doesn't have the the greatest like spectrum of ability of any actor out <clears throat> no doubt and also they fucking in logan they younged him up in that one sequence like Oh fuck! Where he's the young version, the clone. Of the yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And th- I was like, "Wow, I wonder how much work that went into that." And they were like, "That's that's that's the real guy." And I was like, "You fucking shit me!" Whoa. You know, they just younged his face up a little bit, but they had to old up fucking Jackman to look like you know old Logan. But like they say in real life, he looks more like the young fucking clone Logan. Crazy. Um, but yeah, you're talking about a guy who like pops people through the fucking heads with claws in one movie. And then sings about being Barnum in the other, I guess. Yeah, it's it's in, it's insane to see. Like, you, it's hard to compare. Like, wh- who does that? Gene Kelly or like, 
Like, okay, so Gene first... Kelly never took somebody's fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the same people did the music for La La Land, which I I loathed, uh, which I wanted to love, but there were so many things about it that I just it didn't. It, but where it, this is, <coughs> they, they fucking did. They really did it in in the the greatest show. I mean, they really they between dancing and singing and the I, I strongly recommend going to see that and just so it will solidify in your head that Hugh Jackman is like just amazing. Um and uh and have you seen uh did you see uh I Tanya? Yeah. Oh wonderful. You dug that I mean right? it's uh wonderfully made, you know, it's a it's a sad story kind of where like there's everyone's kind of guilty. Where you know it's 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 tough to find somebody to root for in that movie. Yeah. Um, but insanely well made, well acted. Uh, Sebastian Stan is that his name? Yeah. <clears throat> what a revelation! The fucking uh, Winter Soldier. He's real good in the Winter Soldier. He's fucking dopey wow. good in this. Fuck. Um, but Allison Jane, if she don't fucking, she better get at least nominated, if not win supporting actress. She was pretty wonderful. You love um, you love John Hughes. Like I love John Hughes. Oh yeah, he was our prophet back in the day. So, he was the one that spoke. He made movies, didn't talk down to us, spoke actually to us. Looked like our world. Did you see Lady Bird? Not yet. Go My see. kid loved it though. She and I got the screener. That's something we're gonna we were gonna watch today, but they just dropped <laughs> Black Mirror, the oh. new season of Black Mirror. Oh. So I'm diving into that fucking pool, my friend. What Here's you... my pitch. Here's my movie pitch. Ready for Go me ahead. to watch? Yes. Killing of a Sacred Deer. A24 movie. Scott, uh, what's oh, his name? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. And this kid who's fantastic. I think his name is Barry Keogh. Uh, he's an Irish actor. He was in Dunkirk as well. Right. This fucking movie is like, the, he is made by the guy who made the lobster, which I never seen. Yeah. I saw the lobster. Now I will fucking see. Yeah. It was freaky. It was like an early Terry Gilliam movie. Oh and my God. Uh, this movie, this yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer, is like The Shining is his role model. Ooh. It's got a very shining score, Whoa. very shining composition, but it's a story that you have never seen before. And it is so fucking worth your, your time. It's, I ain't ever seen, I've not seen a movie like it this year, but here, let me, there are, there are, it is so fucking unsettling. Like, you know, fuck a horror movie where people jump out and go, boo. This movie is so fucking categorically unsettling in moments. I'm going to give you, I don't even think I should. I was going to give you a taste of something that like fucking has been haunting me <laughs> ever since. You know what? I'm going to, I will. And I'm not going to give you the finer details, but there's a moment in the movie where one character is talking to another character. An older character is trying to get the confidence of a younger character and says, you know, uh, let's trade secrets. And then tells the story uh, of when uh, the older character says, when I was young, when I was a young man, like I learned to masturbate. But, you know, when I would ejaculate, very little would come out. And I didn't know if something was wrong with me. So my father was a drunk and he would drink and pass out. And one night after he got drunk and passed out, I jerked him off to see how much Come was supposed to come out. Something Jesus to that effect. Christ, dude! It, my, I, I could, I was like, I. Sometimes I watch a movie and I'm fucking checking Twitter or fucking doing something on the side, <laughs> playing fucking Tetris. 
I put my phone down and stared intently at this fucking movie because I'm like, you have my attention. I've never heard that in my entire life. I, I And also, Whoa. it sounded oddly specific. Yep. You know, most fucking writing comes from a place. I was like, I, you have my attention, <laughs> sir. That is, that is just one moment. In, in, in a scene that, honestly, is not even the most memorable scene in that movie. There are so many fucking scenes in that movie where you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, oh, God. Like, oh. it's it's worth tracking down and watching. I think it's on iTunes right now. I, um, man, I could talk to you about stuff all night, but I got a, I got a wife and kids and they're fucking pissed. Go live a life. Dude. So I, I want to wrap this up with just something that I want to ask you, because who is your favorite uh, comic book uh, team up? Favorite comic book team now, up? when I say like that, I mean all... like writer and artist. Oh, okay. Hmm, let me see. Like I got, I got like a tie between three of them. Or four of them. I will. I mean, you know, look, there are people like Frank Miller who doesn't really need anybody. Does it by, by himself. himself? He just alone. Yes. Um, and he's a legend. Let's let's leave the let's leave the legendary teams off the table. You know, like let's hang their rafters into the jerseys and stuff, like Stan and Jack and whatnot. No, your your uh, favorite that you gotta. You're on a desert island. That's the one you gotta. I take one trade, and they're like, you can take one trade paperback. Um, let me see. I'm looking up at my collection right now. Do I take Mage with me? Matt Wagner's Mage. Do I take Watchmen? Here. Mm. One of my favorite comic book stories ever told is not like, you know, one that shows up in Time Magazine's Best 100 or whatever, but Grant Morrison did a run of Justice League. Yeah. Which I absolutely fucking loved. And uh, they the did a storyline called... Um, Oh fuck! I mean, it was a very large storyline. Was it Frank the... Quietly or something? No, it was ha Howard Porter. Oh. So it's not even like you know, fucking legendary. Like to me, he's a legend because Grant and Howard worked on uh, this Philosopher's Stone wow. storyline that right. they did, which uh, eventually becomes this like future, you know, almost like a Tales of uh, a Future Past kind of take on the DC universe, where they had to. They're in the future, and fucking Batman has been broken, um, right. and and Darkseid is about to destroy the world. And right. It, it's so. It is so. It's Rock of Ages is the name of the story. That's how they published it in trade paperback form. So I would say for Rock of Ages alone, one of my all-time favorite comic book stories ever told. I would I would say uh, Grant Morrison and Howard Porter. Do you you doing comics with uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Have you? We have definitely in the past. What I'm doing right now, my next comic book thing is uh, Mark Miller, you know, of Hit Girl. I'm sure. Kick Ass and the Kingsman and and yes, uh, Wanted. Amazing, yes. Um, he uh, he's bringing back Hit Girl, Hit Girl. Um, and and Kick Ass as well, a new iteration of it. So. Is a new kick ass, but it's the same old Hit Girl. And what he wants to do with Hit Girl is stories around the globe, you know, because she's only really been in his books in the kick ass stories. So he wanted to do standalone. So he's doing the first four issues of a Hit Girl adventure set in Europe or Colombia, I think it is. And, you know, he goes, Do you want to do one? And I said, That'd be fun, dude. Like, you know, I don't know if you saw Yogozers, but. Maybe I shouldn't be trusted with teen girl material, but I would love to take a crack at that. 
So uh, I'm going to do that next. Uh, and he wants, he, he's like, you know, he's a connoisseur of fine comic book art. Yeah. So he's, uh, he wants to team me up with a European artist. He's like, oh, I know all these amazing artists, dude, who I've been trying Beautiful. to get for years to work on certain things. So, uh, yeah, he's curating, you know, his, uh, his, his uh, run on this book. Uh, and, and I'm part of it. So it's just kind of, that'll be the next thing I do. It's kind of fun. That's what I'm writing right now. Have you ever done some kind of epic, wild adventure origin story of Jay and Silent Bob? We did, um, we did a comic book miniseries called Chasing Dogma, which took the characters from the end of Chasing Amy to the beginning when we see him in Dogma. Okay. And then Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the movie kind of counts as like, there's a tiny origin in there and stuff. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, but just like spring. expanding on expanding on that in graphic novel form. In graphic novel form, I've, I've definitely done Jay and Silent Bob Adventures. I did Clerks Adventures back with Oni back in the day when Oni comics Oni, first started. Right. We used to do Clerks and Jay and Bob and stuff. But the next Jay and Bob anything will be Jay and Silent Bob reboot the sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We start in February, March. Reboot to the sequel. <laughs> That's, it's, called, it's called Jane Sound Bob Reboot, and it's basically it's it's like Jane Sound Bob find out that Hollywood is rebooting the old movie Blunt Man and Chronic that Jason Jason <laughs> Biggs were in, so they have to go to Hollywood to stop it again. It's the same fucking movie all Whoa. over again. We get to make fun of remakes and reboots and sequels while being all three at the same time. Can I want to pitch you a I want to pitch you a, a Jane Silent Bob movie? Ready? Done and done. Say what? Done and done. Pitch check, away. Check this. Check this out. So it's Jay, Jay and Silent Bob versus the Karamazov brothers, okay? Now, <laughs> the blind Karamazov brothers? Yes, you guys. You guys run into, like, me, right? And, like, a tall, skinny dude. Let's say, like, <laughs> Jay Baruchel, just for now, okay? And then, like... <laughs> so we're, like, the dark version of you guys, except we all our long lost twins of each other. And, and then together we all have like special powers and like we save the world like Voltron style. Oh, I like that. I'm do you like that? <laughs> I mean, here's what you do here. You want to make it, you, you want to ensure success? Yes. We're now living in a world and Spielberg's about to crack it wide open with Ready Player One. Yes, he is. People want to see shit together just like you go see the lego movie and you're like holy fuck there's batman yes. he's in the lego movie and blah 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 whoa what you run into is... your character from fanboys bang, you run into dude, silent bang. bob you run into yourself bang no or whoa. basically it's jane silent bob yes with hutch and and what was jay's character bear shell's character windows from, uh... Win windows yes windows oh my god that now we work. collect two more other characters from some other of our level comedy that people are like, oh, I know that. Like certain yes. cool people know it and the world doesn't. You put us all together and you do an Avengers of fucking movies Aww. that I kind of remember them. Like you get Harold and Kumar to pop in Whoa. for a second, maybe. Maybe they're too successful. Maybe they're like, hey man, we were big. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they Harold and Kumar. We had sequels, but, bitch. We had but several. But I'm telling you, you pull those together where you get yourself like a fucking surf and turf of some of moviedom's favorite <laughs> characters all in one movie. Surf and turf. Brother, you you making you making buffet money then. <laughs> Smorgasbord of uh, pop ridiculousness. I love that idea actually. I always love stuff like that crossover. You pull a but... couple characters from waiting. <laughs> <laughs> 
But here's uh, the thing, like smiley face, you know, <laughs> she just all the movies that people have cool liked and, and have not been over the top successes, but people are like, I know that fucking movie and shit. <laughs> I want uh Chad. I want to close with you know, because my Chad is hey Chad, you there? I thought you meant I thought you meant Chad from fucking Yeah, I'm here. The from the Charlie's Angels movie. I was like, we can bring fucking the Chad. <laughs> no, I'm we talking about Tom in. I'm fucking. talking about Chad from Weird Science. Is that was was that Paxton's name? Chad, we missed our opportunity for that. Oh my God. No, that's fuck the it. fucking crossover. Oh. Somebody gotta somebody gotta do the Hughesiverse, and sooner or later it's gonna happen. Where you know, fucking, they just start making stories within Shermer, Illinois again. Like you know, the Hughes estate right. is like, go ahead, go next. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you could just build out. So hey, man, fucking, you know Claire, my aunt, she had detention once, shit like that. <laughs> I want to say, that, I want to say that the, uh, the, uh, the, the Mad Magazine guys, uh, the um, Lampoons guys, have access to all the Hughes stuff. Uh, don't quote me. The but, early, yeah, no, the early Hughes stuff when he wrote for Lampoon, including yeah. the source material for Vacation. I think it was an article, Vacation, nineteen fifty six or something right. like that. That became that vacation movie. But yeah, they don't they got Hughes writing in the magazine, but all them Hughes movies, I think actually the Hughes Estate owns. You know, he he developed this is crazy, but he developed an infrastructure for studio shooting in Chicago that made him like the movies made him rich, but owning the spaces where they shot the movies, the sound stages, right, the infrastructure made him an insanely wealthy man, I guess, at one point. Like, if you were making a movie in Chicago, chances are you were doing it on a Hughes stage. Isn't huh. that crazy? That's, wow, that's like a Howard Hughes situation. Exactly. He was like, why am I just fucking making team movies? I could own this fucking <laughs> I could own this town. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to bring my buddy uh, Chad, who's, like, producing, and he's, like, he he's so, was so excited. He's he's uh, on the board right now, um, running everything, uh, and... I he's so excited to have you on the show, and he was inspired by you. And Chad, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I just want you to. Well, you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just give you a that, moment man. to talk to Kevin and tell him how much you appreciate him coming on the show. Kevin, you Good have new, no Good idea. Chad. I want to let you know that because of your inspiration and listening to you on Smod, and I actually think it was a, a Comic Con lecture, uh, Hall H or whatever the hall is that you use in San Diego. Yeah. That uh, you said just follow your fucking passion. Um, yeah, I was a radio too. producer for years. I did nationally syndicated radio, Rosie O'Donnell, Governor Patterson in here in New York. And I've done a ton of radio, and I saw podcasting as the future listening to you. Based on oh, th- yeah. that and uh, my wife at the time's inspiration and support, I launched my own company where I'm now doing about 35 different podcasts producing a week out of here. Fucking it, Isn't it awesome? It's, it's, fin- it's your note, and I remember it so vividly of – the the barrier to entry is so low. Just be good and talk about what you love. And, yes. and it's passion. It's a passion fucking uh, driven medium where it doesn't matter. Like uh, here, here's an example. My friend Ralph Garman, who I do Hollywood Babylon mm-hmm. with, he had a day job in radio for 18 fucking years. He was on K Rock, the Kevin and Bean show, which used to be like the number one morning show out here in Los Angeles on the air and stuff. So. For 18 years, he was the third guy on a two-guy show. His name was never in the title and shit. But he figured he had pretty much job security. They just kind of like cut him loose, like uh, fairly recently. Um, it, it, you know, and it was kind of harrowing. Uh, he thought he was getting re-upped and stuff like that. 
and it's one of those things where, you know, it was like, I didn't see it coming. Uh, but the good news is he had the podcast like Hollywood Babylon that he does. And so he had that to kind of like cling to for a moment and stuff. But then he realized like, Oh, I don't ever want to work for anybody ever again when I can do this. Like as long as I'm, I'm, I can make a living with my mouth on the radio, I can do it in my world. So he's putting together this thing right now, the next version of him, which he'll take to the internet and do daily. But he was talking about building something. And he's like, I'm going to get guests and blah, blah, blah. And I said, here's the thing. You don't even need guests, dude. They just want to hear you. Like you've now built an audience of people that just like what you think, what you say, the things you find funny, your introspection, your, your, your perspective. Like don't sully it or, or overthink it really. It's not so much sully. Don't overthink it with the like, oh, I got to get this. I got to get these bells and whistles. This beauty of this medium is it's whatever you fucking want it to be. So rarely in life is that the case in a communications medium. It has to look this way. You have to cast this person. Uh, it has to be this because that's what the budget is. You know, you get to express yourself, but there's all sorts of constrictions. In podcasting, you literally create your own universe. And that's what you did. You, yep. you heard a guy go, you should do some shit. And you fucking did some shit. I thank you for listening and taking it the next step. So many people can listen. Not everyone hears. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it was the right message at the right time from the right messenger. I'm another New Jersey guy. I grew up in Teaneck. Uh, ah, with following you through clerks and you know once you went to podcasting i was listening to you there and uh yeah and now we get to do 30 plus shows a week yeah. for co corporations and businesses and we let other people get into the space as well so it, it's wonderful so thank you for and the inspiration we love you man we kevin we love you and you inspire us and you and whenever you want to come on the show you know you're, you're always welcome you guys absolutely rock and uh i i'm so happy i the the 4D experience is is becoming there's like extra we're gonna add extra D's to this one because <laughs> it's double D it was a double D both of us have moves yes massive man titties all of us yeah. here do right Chad I gotta lose a few we it's we're, got we got a, blue got milk there's blue milk that have blue milk <laughs> <laughs> on that note let that image sink in with you for the new year everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me, <laughs> dude. It was my pleasure. Anytime, pal. All right. Well, that was pretty cool. Thank wow. you for that. I didn't know you were bringing me on for that, so thank you. I of appreciate course, that. I had it in the back of my head, man. I was like, I gotta because what you said the other day. I was like, yeah. Chad was literally directly <laughs> inspired to like your whole existence. My, my I... whole company, yeah, Hanger Studio, is all built out of listening to him in Hall H, because I was doing a lot of recording on the side, for, like independently, but not as a business, Yeah, for people that wanted to do stuff, because I always had access to radio stations, and uh, but he said, just do it on your own, and I realized, cut out all those middlemen. Yeah. You know, and just put it out there. So, uh, thank you for letting me speak. No, I exciting. needed to, because uh, he, he gave me such a lovely intro on his show i was like i have to i have to warm his heart a little bit he's got to hear this from chad so um i hope uh, everybody has uh, really has a fantastic new year um this is coming out new year's day and i hope everybody's just chilling and warm and cozy and i'm really excited about 2018 you feel good about 2018 i feel great about 2018 yeah like i i really feel good about 2018 i mean you're like let's be real you got a huge 2018 coming up then yeah, man, I'm I'm so excited for, for Fantastic Beasts too. It's like 
It's uh, what's the official title? It's is it just Crimes fam- of Grindelwald? Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. Crimes of Grindelwald. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you'd think it was Fantastic Beasts and uh, guess what happened next to the beasts. Uh, but no, it's Fantastic Beasts. Can I ask you a question about yeah. the first one? Because I just rewatched the, the end of the very first one. Mm-hmm. Tell me you got to eat some of those desserts that were up there. Like, were any of those real? I know it's props, but just humor they me in line, all, they say there. They were all real at some point, and then they have to shellac them and spray them down. Yeah, so. they make it movie ready. Yeah, movie ready. So yeah. I, you can't eat that shit. Oh, man. But that shit looked good. But they look delicious. Yeah, you know what I, What they should do is they should just open a, up a chain of, like, Jacob Kowalski's, uh, Kowalski's, uh, you know, fine uh, patisseries. You know, I was recently in the Universal Studios in Los Angeles or mm-hmm. Hollywood, whatever one, where they have the the whole Harry Potter world, and they have all the sweet shops. They should have a pastry shop, and they have the real estate for it. How hard is it to add on another shop? You know what? Next episode, we'll do a whole Fantastic Beast thing. We'll have the whole. We're gonna have so much Fantastic Beast this year, Chad. I don't want to overload them. We have time. We have time. We There's have a lot minutes. of fantastic beasts. Chad, bless you. Bless you too. Happy New Year, Dan. Happy New Year, brother. Oh my God, I feel good.